Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, what is up, everybody? Greetings and salutations. It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox here. Uh, a new regal radio, 99WNRR.com, if you'd like to join the chat. Of course, we're filming the top 20. That's what you're looking at right now. If you're a week in the future, uh, if you're listening to it, then you are just ahead of the curve. I'm your host, I'm DJ, I am exhausted today, if if it sounds like I'm winded, it's because I am, I am having some major trouble with stress management and uh, just sort of general anxiety, and I am not doing anything properly to get rid of it. (laughs) Although I did have a, I did, (laughs) I did have a funny work situation uh, did a work situation earlier today. It's uh, I don't I don't know that it translates to general work, but we have audit reports that run kind of out of the system, and it kind of shows, um, like one of the things the the accounting department for one of the companies I work for does is they have to enter charges, right? That's not unusual, right? Billings and stuff like that. Any any controllers or accountants out there? <laughs> sure, there's at least there's some. Um, uh, and so one of the reports showed that one of the women working in the accounting department had entered 1,028 charges yesterday. And I got an email from both my supervisor and uh, the, one of the accounting controllers saying, like, yo, how is this possible? And I was like, well, did she have, like, four quad espressos yesterday? I mean, like, it can be done, man. <laughs> be done and then you know just kind of laughed about it and stuff like that but as i went through the data and and i started looking i was like holy shit this woman (laughs) this woman may have entered a thousand and twenty eight charges yesterday i'm looking and looking looking and i finally just like this is ridiculous so i'm gonna dump all this data out to excel so i could just like do a quick count by the number of rows and sure enough yeah she entered over it was actually more than that because some of them were doubles uh so they don't count we don't count doubles there uh there's reasons for that not important to the story. So she basically entered over 1,100 charges uh, for Southwest Airlines, and I was like, I had to send it in. I was like, hey, uh, you might want to bring this chick a cupcake because <laughs> this is kind of funny. I was just thinking, I was like, because it started out as like a ridiculous number, and the further I went into it, I was like, this is not as ridiculous anymore because this chick is just killing it. That's how my day that has nothing to do with my anxiety, I'm sure. Let's get to uh, some headlines, shall we? Yeah, okay. It's a brand new Top 20 out. Top 20, as you know, is the first 20 minutes of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, where I actually talk into this camera right here, and I say stuff that's kind of on my mind, that's going on in my little universe, and uh, we talk about things, and I found over the years, over the 120-some-odd episodes... 
that generally speaking, when I have something to say in the first 20 minutes of the show, either somebody agrees with me or disagrees with me, and either one is just fine with me, because it really does uh, lend itself to the conversation last week, or the one that's out this week right now that came out this morning, is all about work uh, zone speed cameras, which is funny because... Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes as soon as I get past this because that has really ramped up a little bit in my world. Uh, also, there's a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know, Southern State Curves, Native American, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all that other stuff uh, and all the Long Island, New York State regents, Native American slander, mascot, team name kind of stuff. So check it out. Give it a like. Give it a comment if you want to have a discussion about things. I usually get back to those comments in about two weeks. I'm not so great at it as I want to be, but I am working on it, so I will try and be better. Uh, also, whoa, that almost ran away. Uh, the full interview this past Monday was with uh, on Bacon is My Podcast, still uh, still posting. On Stranger Hood TV, Jonathan from Outline in Color was up there, and they had a special guest host, uh, Tori Kravitz. Uh, from whether that's fresh uh, promotions or publicity, I don't know. It's WTF something, so check that out. Uh, on the Twitch um, Twitch live stream, that's tonight. Uh, the guys are mapping out their tracking process uh, and special guest performers, so I guess that, check that out if you can. I'll be rehearsal because I'm cool like that. Andrew from Project 88 will be the seven questions tomorrow. Discussions with drinks was last night. Uh, they haven't run one in a couple weeks, so it's uh, interesting to see them catch up. Um, I am sure, uh, let's see, there's other, so the other content that's on Stranger TV, if you just thought it was Vegas, my podcast, and this stupid show, well, you're mainly right, but every now and then, they do throw other stuff up on there. They did, uh, Mikey put up another Will It Sound Good Heavy, uh, and he takes his, uh, takes a crack at Justin Bieber, which we have also done in the past. Uh, he takes his swing at Ghost. It is very good. I recommend you check it out. Uh, mean What You Say, Drum Parade Play with our very own Chris Waterbury is up there, so definitely give that a check. And also, uh, the new Something Heavy, Separate Ways, Not the Journey song, the official lyric video is out. All that is basically for free, for the taking, up on Stranger TV. All we ask is that you like, subscribe, tell a friend, give us your firstborn, maybe a DNA sample, and also come walk our dog. It's not that much. <clears throat> kind of where we're at now. And, uh, yeah, so that's housekeeping. So, I need to talk a little bit about these work zone cameras because they are a good analogy for basically everything that's wrong with Long Island and most of the world today, so I thought it would be a good place to make a stand. However, I did print out some homework here because this just made me laugh really, really hard, and maybe it'll laugh, make you laugh really, really hard, and I feel like we could probably both use that. Um, so if you're not aware of what's going on in Florida vis-a-vis the fight with Disney and Ron DeSantis, here it is in a nutshell. Ron DeSantis and his Florida Republicans, for no reason I can think of, put out and put forth this, what they've dubbed the, not they, what we've dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is pretty aptly named if you, if you read it, uh, if you read the bill. <coughs> Disney opposed it. Disney is very friendly to the LGBTQ community, which makes sense, right? It's it's a magical place. There are you know, princesses there. There's a lot of performers there. Uh, I'm not stereotyping anybody or any kind of job, but like it's very attractive and it's very friendly 
to uh, not only minorities, but LGBTQ plus community. So a lot of people that identify as that work there. And they are a very big part of the Disney uh Disney experience and the Disney Florida experience. It's important to point out that it's the third largest employer in the state of Florida, which uh, which is right behind Publix and Walmart, uh, both of which pay under twelve dollars an hour, and Disney pays significantly more. So it is a big employer in the state of Florida. It is huge for tourism dollars that come into the state of Florida. Keep in mind, one of the things that Floridians love to tell you about their great state is that there's no state income tax. That's true because there's so much goddamn tourism money coming in there for like cruises and yep disney and stuff like that so that's how florida pays for a lot of stuff florida's also in a lot of trouble now because they don't have enough money for all the people that are moving there for their infrastructure but i'm just going to watch patiently on the side maybe toast up some popcorn and enjoy that particular ride but the reason this is important so they've been going back and forth right so uh oh right i didn't even say what i was going to say so they passed that. Disney actually came out against it. Now, Disney can't do anything other than come out against it and say, that's bad. I don't know how much civics you took in school, but saying something like, that's bad, is protected speech under something that I like to call the First Amendment. But more importantly than that, it's what everybody in America likes to call the First Amendment. It's the First Amendment. It's a big one. Big one. It's actually more important than the Second Amendment. And as Jim Jeffries so rightly points out, the First Amendment means I have the right to say your Second Amendment sucks. <laughs> Which is not the point of this particular show, but it's always struck me as <laughs> uh, So they said that, and because of that, because Ron DeSantis got all butthurt. By the way, I have so much more respect for Ron DeSantis. I didn't have a lot. I had so much more respect for Ron DeSantis two years ago. And he is just pandering harder and harder to the right. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why he's doing this. He is literally taking his chance to be president and flushing it down the toilet repeatedly. And I've never seen anybody that dumb before. Like, And that's including the other dude he's running against. Like, this is just stupid. Like, he had it in the bag, and now he's just flushing it and flushing it and flushing it. So he got mad that Disney didn't like his new law. And he tried to, like, re- rewrite all the rules that had given Disney, like, autonomy over the years. Like, tax abatements and all that other stuff. Keep in mind, third largest employee... Employer, they bring in a bazillion dollars, that's an approximation, uh, approximation, of tourism money and is very, very good for Florida. In fact, with the exception of Miami and meth, it's the only thing Florida is really known for. So, <laughs> and old people, I suppose, uh, on their way to see Jesus. Uh, so they went back and forth, and Disney pulled some legal maneuvering because they didn't want to be controlled by a Republican shill of a of a Republican board. Now, DeSantis tried to put a board in charge of Disney. Disney. They tried to put a board in charge of Disney with his hand-picked people. A pastor, a political donor, some clam that was just like moms for Jesus, but against gays. Or I forget what the name of the organization is. She's a horrible person. I mean, not Marjorie Taylor Greene horrible, but definitely could be her sister-in-law easily. And Disney was like, no, dude, we're, we're our own company. Like, they were, Florida was threatening to, like, put a penitentiary on Disney grounds and stuff like that. Like, like if you've ever, if you've ever seen anything, like, like, super, super petty, this is that. And all this has been going on for weeks, and I've touched on it a couple of times. But here's the thing that really got me to me, because I was not really paying attention to 
that. I was watching a lot of petty bullshit go back and forth between these two entities. But one is a public company, like an actual, it's a privately, it's it's a publicly traded, privately held corporation, right? You know, we're in a capitalist country and they have their rights. They can donate to political parties, all that other stuff. Thank you, Citizens United, all that. And then we have the government of Florida, right? Government of Florida, despite what Donald Trump will tell you, is not actually allowed to do whatever it wants. And this is why it was so funny to me, because this headline on Above the Law, which made me laugh out loud, I don't know if you can read this, but it says, Disney's lawyers are better than Ron DeSantis's lawyers. <laughs> it just struck me so goddamn funny that I just wanted to read the rest of the article, and I was not disappointed because... Because the first paragraph just sets it up just beautifully, so I'm going to read it for you. Ron DeSantis tried to score political points by declaring war on Disney. The House of Mouse had become a popular right-wing punching bag for trying to keep cruise guests from dying and acknowledging that gay people are real. Now, (laughs) so much sass in that opening sentence. I just love acknowledging that gay people are real. Disney had also spoken out about like all the you know the cruise ships that were going out without COVID protections because Ron was like, well, no, no, we're going to send them out. And the reason he was going to send them out is because Florida makes money from cruise ships. No state income tax, remember? Yeah, so let's call those people. Everyone's upset about like that Cuomo may or may not have moved old people to nursing homes and they died of COVID, but they're the same people that are just like championing Ron DeSantis for his leadership about killing people on cruise ships. Like, the hypocrisy is just stunning. So, but here's the thing. Um, So here's the thing. Like I said, there was like some petty back and forth between the two. And one is a corporation and protected by all these rights. And the other one is the government that works for the people and are not allowed to do certain things. I shall read 2024 uh, GOP hopefuls work to find ways to exact legislative revenge on the company. That's Disney. But the Florida governor found a more direct avenue for retaliation. Retaliation is important. DeSantis would terminate the state's agreement, giving the company functional oversight of the land surrounding Walt Disney World via the Reedy Creek Improvement District. That's some old history if you want to read about it. Uh, a, a hand-picked board of DeSantis cronies would take over the Reedy Creek board and thus control the lot of land around the park and presumably really put the screws to Disney for the sin of being that state's primary tourist attraction. But Disney lawyers are smarter. And they go into a bunch of this stuff. And here's the thing. Um, so... Sorry, I'm missing my fault. I'm totally missing the part that I wanted to read about. Uh, basically, what it says, uh, what what Disney has filed. Also, my computer's not working. That's great. Oh, there we are. Uh, what Disney has said is that Ron DeSantis and the Florida governor, governor's office, have retaliated against Disney for having an opinion on a Florida law. Do you guys in civics know what that's called? When a government agency retaliates on private or uh, public corporations or citizens for having an opinion about public law? It's called political persecution, and it is highly illegal in the United States and in Florida. And once I read that, I was like, oh, snap. 
because Ron DeSantis basically just used his office to punish Disney because Disney doesn't agree with him. You aren't allowed to do that here or anywhere else in the United States. And I, for one, could not be happier because there is no standing. There is no way in which Ron DeSantis is going to get out of this one because that is a violation of freedom of speech, which, as we've already covered, is the First Amendment. Yes, yes. So, Ron DeSantis, from me to you, I just want to point out how absolutely stupid you are for dipping into this pandering well of far-right extremism. You have lost the presidency already just because you're a, an idiot, I guess. And it's not like we can't have idiots be president. We've got lots of them. So, bye-bye, Ron. Good luck fighting that in court. And if you think your public salaried attorneys are going to take on Disney... So let's get to something more local before I run out of time. Speed zone. Work zone speed cameras. We talked about this last week. I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like speed zone, speed traps. I don't like any of that stuff. But I'm intelligent enough to acknowledge that there is no speed trap if you're not. Everybody say it with me. Speeding. Right. Okay. That makes sense, right? Everybody in my listening audience should be smart enough to follow that, right? You do not get pulled over for speeding unless you are speeding. I'm going to leave out exceptions. Sometimes stuff happens, but 99.9% of the time, when you get pulled over for speeding, it's because you were speeding. For my entire adult life, I have seen signs about work zones on highways. My entire adult life. I've seen where people get, uh, where they have the signs, they have big giant orange signs that say it's slower, 45 miles an hour. I don't like it. I always drive a little bit slower. I don't necessarily know that I drive 45 miles an hour. I've seen lately, you know, over the past 10 years, like fines are doubled in work zones, which means if you speed in the work zone, you're going to get a bigger ticket. All these things. And now over the past couple of years in New York, they've enacted the new law, which I actually find to be really stupid. It's the kind of the move over law. You see it on our LED screens, our overheads, right? Like if you see uh, public people on the side of the road, like cops and firemen and EMT and ambulances and tow trucks, you're actually supposed to vacate the lane closest to them. It's usually the rightmost lane. Now, I've seen tons of almost accidents. Not that there's almost accidents, but I've seen tons of almost accidents because people will slam on their brakes so they can merge into the left lane. A lot of times there's no room to just merge. It's very hard to take a three-lane road and make it a two-lane road all of a sudden just because there's a tow truck out. So I think people are driving super cautiously. I don't think people are getting a lot of tickets for doing that, but people that are passing and zooming through those lanes because they're open are definitely getting picked off by police because I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Again, I don't drive all that much and I see it, which means it's definitely happening a lot more than the two times a week I'm out on the roads. So these things are happening, right? These things are dangerous. So now what they did, like 
I think it's I think they said in 2016 is when this all started because they had commissioned a report to and they chronicled like all these accidents. There was something like 1,300 accidents over the course of six years in work zones, right? 50 deaths, 1,100 injuries, all this stuff just in work zones, just related to like motor vehicle problems. And if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Most people can't drive. Like if you if you're ever on the road, like you'll see like most people can barely drive as it is these days. They're distracted. They're medicated. Most of them are on their phone. I see people on their phone every single time I drive. And I usually see it because they've just kind of swerved into my lane or almost swerved into the van. And I look over and it's like, oh, cool. Well, I'm glad you like that on Facebook while uh, my kids almost had no father. Like, that's great. So we all know. Like, I'm not surprising anybody, right? So how do you think that plays out in a work zone? You're supposed to be doing 40 miles an hour, and you're driving by in an SUV, by the way, which nobody really needs anymore. But let's say you're driving through in your brand-new expedition, and you're doing 65 miles an hour, and there's some dude literally a foot from your lane, right? A foot from your lane on the inside of a, a rubber plastic polyethylene cone, and you're flying by that. Like, dude, seriously, the wind alone can knock him over. These people, like, are in buckets above the street. These people are doing jobs. They're, they're trying to improve our way of life. Now, as much as I hate getting stopped by a highway guy, because in my opinion, he's got no authority over me because he's not my elected official. When you stop to think about it and pull your head out of your own ass for half a minute, this is a dude trying to just do his job. Yep, seven of them are on break watching the new guy dig a hole. All true. I get it. It's still hella dangerous to drive 85 miles an hour through a work zone. It's dangerous to those people. It's dangerous to you. But honestly, if you're the person that's going to do that, I care way less about you. And I'm more interested in the people that just got up and went to work and are going to get wiped out by some asshat that wants to just drive super fast because either they're not paying attention or they just don't care. Right? That's kind of what I was saying. That's kind of what I was saying last week, and it's kind of what I've been saying ever since. But now it's taken a new turn because people are just missing the point entirely, especially my beloved Long Islanders, which, by the way, I am growing so sick of. If you're from Long Island and you're a good person, thank you. And I appreciate that you keep doing the good fight. But I do want to point out that most of the people here are just becoming worse and worse people. It is the most entitled and disgusting batch of people I have ever had the misfortune to know personally and and to deal with regularly on a regular basis. These are all the people that got trophies for just showing up, whose mom told them they were wonderful, whose parents went up to the school and demanded that they had so-and-so as a teacher because their kid really was smart, even though they can't take a test properly, or they can't tie their shoes, or they can't speak, or they just smell bad because they probably just shit their pants because nobody bothered to teach them how to wipe their own ass because their moms are still doing it for them. This is what happens when people get trophies just for showing up and nobody beats the ever-loving shit out of them after school for mouthing off. This is what we have left. And I hate sounding like the old man in the corner, but the generation just below me, that's exactly who these people are. And I found that out, and I guess I've probably known that all along, but I really really was able to solidify it over the past 24 hours when I brought up the fact that the reason they are doing this is because people can't seem to follow the simple rules that we've asked them to do. Don't drive like an asshole in a work zone. Super simple. We all know what that means. But the reaction is not, yeah, okay. The reaction is like, no, in the state, it's a money grab. No, it's not. And even if it was, like, you know how you take away a money grab? Don't speed. 
You know how hard it is to get a speeding ticket if you're not speeding? It's super hard. It's not a money grab. Will the state use it for income? Sure. That's their stated statement. Not only are they trying to use this as a deterrent, but they're, they're going to use most of the proceeds from these tickets to pay for work improvement projects, which is actually good for us. It'll help pay for roads. I'm fine with that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with using the money for your stupidity to make my roads a little bit better and safer. I'm fine with that. But the fact that you think that the problem, the problem is that the state is doing a money grab, then you're the problem. The problem is people like you don't respect anything. Don't respect anything about what you want, except what you want to do and what's good for you. And you definitely don't want to be told what to do. I mean, it's okay if we tell women what to do with their bodies, but that's a whole other state and another show. But you don't want to be told to slow down in a work zone. Why? Because you're so important? Because you have to be somewhere? Because you know better? Because it's not really 65, it's not really 55, it's not really 45? Dude, you're nobody. And you're, you're less than nobody. Because now you're becoming the problem. The state here is not the problem. The people that are violating these very basic, sensible rules of society that we have all agreed upon, or most of us have agreed upon, are the problem. And I really want people to start understanding that. When Reagan took office, he said the government was the problem. When he was running for office, he said the government was the problem. Reagan was one of the worst presidents we've ever had, and I will fight to the death anybody that wants to take that on. Right? He, he busted the Air Traffic Controllers Union. He didn't even mention the word AIDS because he didn't want to be bothered or, or tarnished with the thought of, of homosexuality because at the time it was, a, it was a gay man's disease. He was also a gun runner. That whole Iran-Contra thing, that's guns. That's selling illegal weapons. He was a gun runner. Reagan was an awful president, and the Republicans want to put him on money and named an airport about him. Government is not the problem. Bad government is the problem, for sure. But I'm telling you, what's really the problem is entitlement and people thinking that they are above the law. Nobody likes to get a speeding ticket. Nobody likes to get a red light ticket. Nobody likes to get any of these things. So stop breaking those rules and you won't get them. The whole thing with the IRS agents when they added 88,000 or tried to add, 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 add 88,000 IRS agents. What was the first thing? What was the first thing that white rich people said, especially Republicans, especially Long Islanders? Oh, they're coming after my money. What money? The money you're hiding and not paying your fair share of taxes on? Well, then who's the asshole? Like, really, at what point are you going to grow up, stand up, be an adult, and acknowledge that if you're going to do something, you're going to have to face the repercussions for it? You don't like it. That's fine. Nobody likes to get caught. Nobody likes to get punished. But don't think for a second it's not your own fault. I'm going to end this with something that I said yesterday that was as poignant then as it is now as it was 40 years ago. When you were at recess, the kids of us old enough to remember recess, when one of those kids screwed up bad enough that recess got ended by either the teachers or the aides or whatever, and we got brought in, all of us collectively went, oh, man, not one of us were mad at the teacher for it. But we did beat the ever-loving shit out of the kid that caused the problem in the first place after school. And that's what we need. And if it sounds like I'm calling for violence, I'm really not. But at least bring back the shame. People that are ruining your lives 
are probably sitting right next to you. It's time to point them out. Point out what assholes they are. That's what I'm going to do. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think I owe everybody a bit of an explanation. It's a, it's, it'll be a funny one. but uh, So I started the show today with Rob Zombie's Dracula. And there's a reason I did that. So, uh, Paul Trezza from Tara Garden and Double Trouble Radio with Dave Black. I don't know what he does all day, but he posts a lot. He's in my feed all the time. Some of it's funny, some of it isn't. Or, actually, some of it's really funny and some of it's just, you know, like, huh, whatever. He posted something today. I think it was him. I hope it was him. Maybe it wasn't. I assumed it was him. But it was just a meme of, uh... And it's, all it says is Rob Zombie making brownies. And I can't do it any justice, but I'll just, I'm going to read it. It says Rob Zombie making brownies. And then it says, in all caps, eggs, milk and flour, baked for half an hour, and frost with the back of my spatula. Now, every time I yelled, it was because it was capitals, right? So, eggs. Milk and flour, bake for half an hour, and frost with the back of my spatula. And I was like, all right, ready? Everybody sing it with me. I have been laughing at that all goddamn morning while arguing with stupid <laughs> about all the other stuff. Yeah, I guess I could post in the chat, but I think I just—I think I just did a good enough job. So if you, if everybody wanted to take, take another quick stab at that, like. Man, I'm so tired. By the way, speaking of things I'm tired of, stop asking me to go to Amityville Music Hall. I would much rather people stop going there altogether, and I wish all these bands I knew would just stop playing there, but for the love of God, stop asking me to go to your shows of Amityville Music Hall. I will never set foot in there until that twat of a manager is removed, fired, or killed. I'll take any one of them, but please stop asking me to go. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Okay, so I thought of something. I know, I know everybody's thrilled. So I thought of kind of an analogy, right? So about this taxes thing, right? Just still spinning around. I'm like, I'm off the speed cameras, but I'm back to the taxes, right? So people are worried that the IRS is going to come after them, right? Unfairly. But that's not how it works, right? There's a ta- like You can argue whether or not the tax code is fair. Like, I'll, listen... I'll go to the mat with you on that one. Like, no, no problem. Uh, but, like, I I think I used that expression wrong. Somebody fact check that. What is going to the mat? <laughs> 99WNRR. Just, just put that up there. I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time for facts. Much like Tucker Carlson. By the way, hold on. Bye-bye. What an asshole. So here's what I'm thinking, the taxes. So the people that got mad, they're going to add new tax agents, IRS agents. And those that IRS, I mean, they weren't all just, like, auditors and stuff. Like, there was customer service. There were armed agents for drug dealers and stuff like that. Uh, there was 
a lot of stuff. Was, I know it was boiled down very simply. But let's just take the simple case of what the pushback was, right? The pushback was like they're going to add 88,000 IRS agents and they're going to target me. Me, Mr. Suburban, just doing my job, paying my taxes. They're going to target me. What are they going to target me for? Have you seen a 1040 easy form? It's like 10 lines. It's actually harder. It's harder to join the hurricane soccer team than it is to fill out the 1040 easy form. There's not a lot of wiggle room. So people are, the pushback is because I'm cheating on my, ta- not me. If you're listening, big brother, not me. The pushback was from people that are, you know, hiding stuff on their taxes that they don't want to pay taxes for. Totally understandable. I totally get it. And if the argument is like, hey, man, I really don't want people to add more IRS agents because I don't want them to find the stuff that, you know, I've been doing in my business. Like, I, th- that would make sense if people said that, right? That, I think we'd all be like, uh, I get you. makes a good point, right? But, like, I want you to look at something. So people are mad at the government. Mad at the government because they're trying to enforce the law. So now I want you to put yourself in, in this position. Say Hell's Kitchen. Right? Going to a nice Italian restaurant. You and your special someone. You sit there, you eat. You get a nice pasta, maybe a little gabagool. I don't know. I don't really know what they get. Get some wine. Not a big deal. Just a little bit. Have a little bit. And then you run out without paying. What do you think happens? Can you picture the guy that comes after you with the baseball bat? Can you picture him? I can picture him. And when that dude beats you over the head with a baseball bat for coming to his place, using up his services, and not paying what you owe him, you know who everyone's going to blame? The person that ran out of the restaurant. And that goes to my point earlier. You need to blame the people that are causing the problems and then screaming about the unfairness of it. They're the problem. Fair and square. Like right now, I'm about to be a problem because Something Heavy has brand new music out. They have a brand new lyric video out for Separate Ways. You can see it on Strangerhood TV right now if you want. You can turn off this show, go over to Strangerhood. You don't even have to turn off this show. You can go over to Strangerhood TV and you can watch the lyric video. But because it's my show and I'm in charge and the government isn't after me currently, I'm going to play some classic Mikey because that's what I want to hear. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want to hear. No matter what the cost. At least I even try. You are not alone. You're on the wind of change. 
know why Trotter gave you his files. I told you why already. He has to. By law, you're entitled. It's called... Hard Rock Lunch Box. You dickhead. Didn't teach you that in law school either? I kind of want to say the boys in Beartooth put out brand new material, but it's really only the one dude. And honestly, how much do you even care if it's going to be this good? Sunshine came out last week. It is effing awesome. At least I think so. And I'm the one with the microphone. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Okay, here we are. It's time once again for... Melissa's musical moment. I'm air quoting, which all air quote here. Uh, but uh, in her defense, she sent in two this week. One good one, one bad one. I'm just going to play them together. I considered actually playing them at the same time just to see what would happen, but why ruin the good one? But I am going to start with the bad one. I've decided, I've made it, I made an executive decision to start with that one, so if you would kindly all turn your radio down a little bit so nobody knows it's me, here you go. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So, all right, I like that. That was catchy. So, imagine my surprise. No, let me start over. Well, hold on. Hold on. I have no idea why. Oh, I do know. <laughs> I don't know why this came up in the conversation. We're in, we're in final mixes for the first single from the new Rebel Knight batch of stuff, by the way. It is super exciting to be at this stage of, of the game. Uh, and we were talking, I sent the mixes to the band. Basically the way it works, and this might sound, I don't know. I honestly don't know how it sounds to non-band people, but the way the way that it works is that the mix comes to me first, and then I'll listen to the song for kind of like song structure. Um, I write 90% of the stuff at Rebel 9 headquarters, uh, and but of the stuff that I don't write, I usually arrange or write at least half of, right? So I think of the last... This new batch of four songs, I wrote Side Out and Aaliyah, and Into the Afternoon is based on a Kaz riff um, that I arranged and, and worked out, and into uh, Inside, we I think is based on a Kaz riff too, but I ended up writing the other half of the music, and then I write all the lyrics, right? So I've got my thumb in the pie, like that's... I actually, I'm, I'm literally right now, I have my thumb sitting in a pipe. So we were talking, it was actually funny because the, so the mix comes to me and then I kind of like listen for song, structural song things that need to get fixed. Because there's no point in saying, and this, this might sound arrogant, but like, just hear me out. So I usually send the mix, uh, that comes to me. I don't want to send the mix out to the band if there's obvious stuff wrong with it, especially when it's stuff that has to do with like, like I said, like structure or writing, uh, very definitive things that like, I don't need to wait three or four days for their opinion on something that I already know, right? So it's not its not really an ego thing. It's sort of a time constraint thing. If they were all sitting right there or right with me, like I wouldn't be like, you guys can't listen to this. That's not the way it works. It's really about speed and efficiency. And because it doesn't matter, like if, if there was something that I wanted, like definitely, and they didn't, like because I wrote the song, I get the final say of it. That might be the most arrogant part of it, but like as a songwriter, too bad. That's what I'm doing. That's the way I've done it. 
I'm not going to change now. Now, when I write with other songwriters that are, you know, like on my par, or on my level or better and stuff like that, like I have to, I have to back off those things, especially if I'm not the primary songwriter. And to be totally honest, if Kaz came in or Tony came in with a fully written song and we decided as a band, like, yes, yeah, good, we're doing it. They would have that final say on the arrangement because it's kind of like the arrangement of the intent of the song. Now, it might not get to be in Rebel 9 if they don't let some of that go. And that was some of the stuff why we had issues with with Kaz earlier on because he was like, well, I want to play this kind of stuff. And I'm like, we don't play that kind of music. So, like, like we like there's kind of some final say on, like, what gets out the door. It's very much the way that uh, Fleetwood Mac worked with Lindsey Buckingham and stuff. And I realize that there's very few situations in which I'm not the dick here. It's just the way it works. And so, whatever. So we were talking about a whole bunch of things, and basically uh, we got through the first mix, and then I sent the mix to them for their notes. And I didn't get a lot of notes back from them. The mix is very good. I didn't get a lot of notes back from them. But what I did get back from them, I disagreed with all of them. And I told them as much. I basically walked in, and I was like, well, just you know, just you know, like I don't, I disagree with all of your notes. <laughs> which is, which is why it did not stop me from sending them off to Dave, like at all. Like I still sent them to Dave. I was just telling my opinion. Um, but we were going through like other music and other sounds and stuff. And so I don't remember why this is, but I pulled up Apocalyptica because I was kind of talking about mixes and, and just the way things sound like as a band. And I pulled them up and I played uh, the song, that the, the cover that they did of White Room. And I had never heard it before. And it was just really, really, really good. Now, if you know anything about me, you know I do not like Papa Roach. I appreciate that they have one good song. I appreciate that it was like 9,000 years ago. I don't like anything else about them. I don't even like the band terribly much. It's okay. Like, people can like them. I'm not like, you shouldn't like them. I just don't like them. So imagine my surprise when it was Shaddix, uh, Jacob E. Shaddix, who's the singer for Papa Roach, who actually sings on this uh, this cover of White Room with Apocalyptica. And when I tell you this is this dude's best performance in his entire life that I have ever heard, I am not exaggerating at all. I think it is awesome, and I have such a new respect for him. And maybe I'll see things at Papa Roach I didn't see before. Probably not, but man, this is a gold star for sure. Hard Rock Lunch Box. If you were saying to yourself last week, God damn, it's been a really long time since Rancid put out something new, I'd say you were right. If you were about to say that five minutes from now, I'd say, ha, joke's on you, because I've got brand new Rancid right effing now. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I just realized I've been doing this so goddamn long uh, that I, I don't remember. Does anybody remember the Bad Religion song we covered? that Revel 9 covered not even all that long ago because I remember this this was the one I brought and I wanted to do it and we didn't end up doing that one uh but for the life of me I cannot remember what song it was hang on oh Infected we did Infected I forgot I love Infected that's <laughs> a great song uh speaking of which uh and I just realized this um, and this might not be a big deal to most people. Uh, apparently it wasn't a big deal to me. But this is my 500th show. Go team. I've also got some brand new 7 Dust. 
Punch Box. So back when we were recording the Razorblade Diaries, um, I could make a real good argument that the song All It Becomes is probably one of my favorite. I loved the original demo version of it, but I also kind of liked the way the Diaries version came out. Uh, we really pushed it really, really far, and it was kind of towards the end or the limits, rather, of what I could do vocally at the time. I am super psyched to like be here before you now and say I have become a much better singer in the 12 years since then. Uh, what I can do vocally is just... Razorblade Diary Me could never believe what I could do vocally now. And that's awesome. And if anyone's listening and that means anything or resonates to anybody, like I want everybody to understand that like, like there are things in this world that you just cannot do. But you really do not know that until you give it a real try. And singing in front of people is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Anybody that knows me knows I have incredible acute anxiety and stage fright and all of those things. And it was terribly difficult for me to get up and sing in front of people. But at that point, it was either that or don't have a band anymore. And it was kind of the same advice I gave Annie uh, from Jackknife Stiletto when she started singing. Like, look, even if you suck for six months, you're only going to get better. And if you really don't, and it's six months in a day and you're no better, then you can quit. But at least you'll know. So anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, I was talking about All of the Come. And even though that time has kind of come and gone, and I look upon that record fondly in some ways and not fondly in others... One of the things I've always liked about All of All Become is when we put a video together for it, what we decided to do is build it out of all the pictures that people, everyday people, posted on social media of the band, of Rebel 9 or members of the band or stickers or flyers or whatever. So if you go, or you don't have to, I'm not promoting it, you can if you want. If you go to Rebel 9 uh, on YouTube, which is Rebel 9 Band, Band, Rebel 9 Band, uh, youtube.com slash rebel 9 band if you go there and you look at the all it become video what you'll see is a complete homage and collage of all the pictures taken of us during the tour that we did after releasing the razorblade diaries all the good all the bad but every now and then i'll just put it on and watch it because it really is like a trip down memory lane of a really amazing time in my career personally and the start of what I think is a pretty damn good band. It's 
crying? There's no crying in Hard Rock Lunch Box. If you hop up on Strangerhood TV, you can see Chris Waterbury. Oh, sorry. Professor Chris Waterbury's uh, walkthrough, playthrough, excuse me, playthrough of the drums from Mean What You Say. I strongly give it a recommendation, or I strongly recommend that you go check it out. Chris is always entertaining. He does a very good job with his playthroughs. Something my drummer could take a lesson from. Hint, hint, hint. Anyway, something for your weekly craving of the week. Craving Strange. On the box. Hi there. Waiting in line for the right time. It never seems to come. Watching the lights, looking for landslides. Buried under waiting for some. Someone to break these walls, negate these falls. Can you just save my life? Give it a try and me want you Waiting for signs is a lifetime of getting up the courage to jump, closing your eyes, dropping a lifeline. I hope someone is pulling me up. Someone who breaks these falls and makes me strong. Will you just save my life and bury the lies and me what you say?
D-nice. Is there a D-nice? If one of y'all says some silly ass name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath. Now, D-nice. Do you mean Denise? Son of a bitch! You say your name right, right now. Denise? You say it right. Denise. Correctly. Denise. Right. Denise. Right. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. That's better. <sighs> Thank you. Now, A-A-Ron. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. I say it all the time. You don't need to go to the gym if you've got some wage war, am I right? But also, when was the last time you heard this bitch right here? Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Yeah, man, it's time for me to get the hell on out of here. I want to thank you for spending some of your Thursday afternoon with us here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox. And on behalf of me and the staff here, or just me, uh, I want to thank you for allowing me to do an unbelievable 500 shows for you guys. I'm sorry I didn't do anything special about it. I honestly just wasn't paying attention because that seems to be what I do best lately. So that's kind of what I went with, but... Maybe we'll celebrate 10 years. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just keep doing the same stupid stuff we do every week. As long as we're doing it together, it's worth doing, I think. Thank you for letting me blow off some steam at the beginning of the show. Remember, anybody pushing back against stuff that they're doing wrong is because they're doing stuff wrong. And I would much rather reward you with a much better song on your way out today. I just can't bring myself to do it. So this is what you get. And you don't get upset. And have yourself a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday right here on The Box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box.